You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of SSPN Live. I know we weren't live last Sunday, but we're here tonight, and we're here to recap all the recent news in Spurs world. Ethan, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great, Jude. Thank you for asking. How are you? Of course. I'm, I'm doing pretty good, too, you know? We're rolling through school. We're back in person, mm-hmm. so that was cool today. Um, and now... We're here on SSPN Live, and I'm excited to talk about the Spurs because even though they're coming off a loss, it's probably the best loss of the season. Like really this way, this is the first time we've kind of had a similar big three, if you will, sit out with Jakob, uh, Derek, and DeJounte being out and still playing a competitive game with this Suns team last night. You were able to watch the highlights. I'm actually probably going to have them up in the background when you're talking about it. Uh, but what were your thoughts on this game? I know people may see this be like, dang, it was a close loss. And that's what I thought looking at the score when I had a chance. But when I realized how many people were out, I didn't even know that. I was like, wow, this is a really impressive performance from the bench unit. Obviously, want to come out with the win. But when you're playing Josh Primo for almost 30 minutes, like that should just tell you how this game was. Yeah, I didn't get to watch the whole game. Uh, I watched the highlights and I watched the fourth quarter. And from what I saw, it was a very energetic and grit-filled game from anybody, everybody that played. We had Drew Eubanks get some starting minutes. Doug McDermott went off with 24 points, 6 for 9 from three-point land. A lot of off-balance threes that were finding the bottom of the net. It's a really a great game from Doug McDermott. Hopefully this continues. Hopefully he just fi- finally found his rhythm and can just keep running from this point forward. Keldon looked aggressive. He actually had some moves, um, Jude, that were like, like, like he got into his bag. It was less just mm-hmm. driving to the rim or shooting open threes and a lot more creating um, for himself and for others, which is always great to see. Uh, Trey Jones really, to me, just continues to prove how good he is um, at being a point guard, just a natural floor general. As you say that, they just showed him getting a bucket, uh, getting a floater over um, – Devin Booker actually so showed off a little bit of his bag there too mm-hmm. seven for 12 a very efficient scoring night for him he missed his only three-point shot that he took but that's not really his game similarly to Chris Paul they really avoid that three-point line he I know he's not Chris Paul but he has the same mindset as far as getting everybody else involved Devin had an off night shooting the basketball uh, but everywhere else he seemed to be continuing um, to impact the game. Um, if you thought differently, go ahead and let us in the comment section. Like I said, I couldn't watch the full game, so I could be wrong. Uh, but Devin usually doesn't leave us hanging as far as like defensive impact and moving without the basketball, that kind of thing. We finally got some Wancho minutes. Yep, <laughs> yep. 15, he didn't really uh, do anything great, didn't really do anything bad, just kind of a depth guy. So <laughs> nothing nothing, hey, nothing to say about Wancho. Wancho Hernan Gomez is a solid third string four. <laughs> mm, yes, yes, exactly. A third string four. Actually, fourth string four because well, we also yeah. have Kata Bates-Diop who did not have any minutes because of uh, – uh, I don't think it was health and safety. I think he it was is. sitting out. Oh, it was? Yeah, oh, but he has exited uh, as of today according to Paul Garcia. So Excellent. he'll be good for Tuesday's game. Excellent. You already touched on Josh Primo. He played a great game, I thought, 13 points. Showed the confidence that we've all seen all year long, three for four from three-point land, including a very clutch three uh, in the end of the fourth quarter. It's the second time he's done that this year. He's got uh, a lot of guts and a lot of confidence, and I love to see that from our 19-year-old rookie. And Lonnie Walker, abysmal from three-point land, but pretty (laughs) great from everywhere else. He finished with 22 points on the night. With only 27 minutes, I was kind of surprised he didn't get more minutes considering everybody that was out because Trey Jones got 33, Devin got 31. Uh, But, you know, he he made the most of what he was given. And we lost the game, yes, but considering we didn't have our best three players, arguably, and Derek White, DeJounte Murray, and Jakob Pertl, um, I'm very impressed with what everybody else was able to do. Yeah, the the Suns right now forty and nine. Um, yeah. I believe I'm trying to figure out where they're at in the standings. The ESPN they're first in the West right now. Yeah, sure. so literally the first. Yep, yeah, exactly. They're the first team in the West actually by about three and a half games right now. So to literally take the number one seed to the wire with your three best players out, three most experienced players out. You know, as of right now, 
just an awesome performance from these mm-hmm. guys. I was seeing some of the other tweets, uh, just looking into this game, watching it for the first time and looking into it. Uh, Paul Garcia was talking about how Lonnie said after the game, you know, it really just kind of shows the guy's grits. And mm-hmm. I think that, um, the other thing about that and where I think that's really an important point is that, you know, sometimes these guys have bad games, you know, like obviously like Doug doesn't always shoot the way that he did, you know, in every other game. Um, but on a game like tonight when they needed it, they found a way to get buckets. Uh, Lonnie, you mentioned, you know, didn't have the most efficient shooting night of all time in this game, but still was able to find a way to put up 22, which is what they needed in a game like this. It's looking like they actually went to halftime. Yeah, they did. Went to halftime up um, and still were competitive the rest of the game. I just watched Trey Jones throw a lob to Drew Eubanks. I mean, this is not in a game like this when you're playing the first team in the West. Just a very impressive unit uh, or a performance from this unit. And it's just another sign of good things to come for the future. Obviously, you never know what could happen with injuries and stuff, but this was a really good performance from these guys. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how these guys progress in their roles, especially next season when these guys are getting consistent minutes like a Trey Jones. Mm-hmm. And a side note stat 87% from free throw line way improved hopefully we can continue doing that i know Dejounte and Jakob are probably the biggest culprits as to why our percentage is not that high always uh but just it's nice to see it's nice to see yeah absolutely um <laughs> mosquito rock says it's a peek into future contenders look that was a really good performance we're gonna have to see how things happen but a lot of young talent on this team eric thank you for being in here you didn't miss too much um we've just been talking about the suns game so far uh and just another note and kind of another topic we wanted to touch on you know that i we kind of have to criticize ourselves here a little ethan you know we came in hard this season talking about drew eubanks and then obviously you know we do have to adjust to to what we see on the court but you know we we kind of hopped off you know And that's on us because he has really had a resurgence, got the start last night, played really well against Bismack Biombo, also in the game against the Bulls, which we'll get into in a little bit uh, in the show. Another great performance. He's really just come on and started taking those minutes from Jock. And obviously, there's still a lot of potential from Jock. We can talk about maybe him moving to the four next year as a possibility. We talked about that last episode as well. Um, but even in the Memphis loss also, he played a good game. Um, he's really just... It, it seems like his rotations and his comfortability in the system, like all the things that we were criticizing him for, he's much better at. Like It's not a disaster when he's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just confidence, honestly. I think like he, he lost his confidence early in the season because he had so many mental mistakes, so many, you know, like you said, bad rotations and just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that got to him. And then we got Jock Landale and everybody, including you and me, were like, let's put Jock in there because surely it can't be as bad. And, and Jock really took his spot, um, deservedly so. And then Jock started getting a little inconsistent because teams started kind of figuring him out and he started missing a few more threes than what he was hitting earlier in the season. And um, Drew had a chance to kind of earn some of those minutes back, and he has, to me at least, proven deservingly, deserving of those minutes, at least sharing them with Jacques. Maybe not getting the full backup minutes, but sharing them instead of just being a bench warmer because he has something that Jacques doesn't have at this point, which is, one, more of an understanding, I think, of the system because he's been here longer. And also, he's, he's more of a a physical aggressive player his in motor the post. yeah his motor his uh his athleticism his ability to kind of jump and block shots and get some dunks uh, i think is a little bit better than jock obviously jock's a better shooter a better passer probably a better basketball player but he's a little out of shape i think which is kind of hurting him in some in some uh, aspects of the game especially in the nba level and it, surprisingly he gets bullied a little bit too yeah. often um I, th- I think that's just going to be a shape thing, putting some of the some of the heft to the side and maybe putting a little bit more muscle on um, during the off season. Um, so long run, Jacques Landale, I think is our is our backup over yep. Drew Eubanks. But I'm happy to see that Drew has f- kind of found that confidence again, found the niche that he where he belongs in the rotation, um, and he, and he's finally you know playing up to those minutes that he's been given. All kind of the image of what we 
wanted him to be kind of going into the year. That's yeah. how he's been playing in these games. Nothing crazy, but just somebody who's going to be an energy guy, come fight in the post, get some boards, uh, can even throw down some lobs as we saw from Trey Jones. Um, so just that type of energy in a big is something that you always love. And obviously, depending on the matchup, we've talked about this so many times on the show. Maybe it's going to be better to play jock. We've seen, you know, sometimes they'll run a small ball even with KBD. Although in small ball, I'd say now with the way Drew is playing, that would be the opportune time to play him with the way that he can run the floor as well. Um, but yeah, like you said, just the energy that he's been bringing and that physicality, you know, we kind of came into the season and one of the things that I remember when I did when we were looking at Jock and looking at some of the things, okay, this is maybe where he could get better off of his Olympic tape was just that kind of physicality, even though he's tall and you look at it and you're like 6'11", 255, but like you got to understand when you're 6'11", 255 can still be skinny, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the best way that I can describe Jock right now. And obviously like, look, Jock Landale is in very good shape. He is an NBA basketball yes. player, but at the same time, there is a difference between NBL pace and NBA pace. And I think it's just that like once he gets a little bit more conditioning in another off season and he can be a little bit faster, a little bit swifter, a little bit quicker on his feet. Um, I think that's really going to open up the opportunity to him to play at the four. Obviously we don't know what's in the Spurs plans. We don't know what the future holds really with the head coaching situation. I mean, pop, we, we think he's probably going to finish out his contract, but who knows with pop, he could retire after this year and just decide it just because it's unpredictable with the Spurs. You never know. Mm-hmm. They keep so much internally. Um, but if he does end up potentially making that move to the four, you know, that off season could really be a chance where he would be able, uh, to get, you know, that quickness and have the time to do that. And Hey, remember DeMar DeRozan, who we'll talk about a little bit later. One of the things he said about DeJounte last year was he's probably one of the fastest players in the league. So not saying that DeJounte can just give jock his speed because that's definitely not possible but you have one of the quickest guards in the league that can maybe show you some footwork things of how to be quicker i mean you know that's getting a little bit nitty-gritty there but the point is you have somebody who is very fast who can give jock some pointers on how to get faster so he's not gonna have that natural talent but i'm sure there are some things that he can pass along but anyways getting to our question here from eric he says jock at the four or kaycock double double machine at the four so look I'm glad he brought this up because Devontae Kaycock has continued to kill it in the G League. Yes, it's the G League, but I mean, Zach Collins is down there uh, playing well still too, putting up similar numbers. And we have seen Kaycock come in and get some NBA minutes. And it seems like I think that he could be competitive with just about any bench four in the league um, with his physicality and the way that he plays. The only problem is the shooting. So that's the only thing about Kaycock. If you're going to play him at the four, which I like just because he's six, seven um, and he can't guard on the perimeter. Like he just can't really play offensively on the perimeter. Um, so you're just going to have to play him next to uh, a Jock Landale or uh, a Zach Collins. Um, but when it comes to this question, I think, I don't know, this is, this is a tough one. We're going to have to kind of see how Kaycock progresses. If he's even on the roster next year. Um, honestly, right now, I think, if you would have asked me a couple games ago, I probably would have said Kaycock just because I really like the physicality that he brings. And I felt like that was something that we were needing. But I think right now I'm going to roll with Jock at the four more just because of the fact that Eubanks has kind of brought in what K- it, him and Kaycock are kind of the same thing. You can maybe argue that Kaycock's rebounding is better, but like NBA experience wise, even though Drew struggled earlier this year, he still has more. He's taller. Mm-hmm. You know, it would. It, I think it's just kind of repetitive at that point. So I, I would roll with Jock. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. At first, I was gonna say I like Kaycock too, but the way I'd you really like to it, see him get some minutes. Yeah, I liked what I saw from him uh, when he did come up for the short period of time that he played in the NBA, and uh, everything that you said is correct. But it's like it's kind of that syndrome that like ev- everyone loves the high, the backup quarterback. Yeah, the, you know what I mean. So like. I love him right now, but give him more time in the NBA and he might prove that he's no better than Eubanks or Jacques, or in fact is even worse, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like once teams start to figure him out a little exactly. bit more. Um, yeah, but I do like I do like his potential. And I think the other thing that we've, t- we've talked about on the show is that we would have to cut somebody or trade somebody to, to bring him back up because I think yep. he's used all of his two-way time yep. in San Antonio. So we'd have to guarantee, give him a guaranteed deal 
Um, so maybe after the trade deadline, if we can move Thad for a, just a pick and not get anybody in return, then sure, I'm fine with bringing up Kaycock because that's a you know a depth guy. But at this point, uh, we can't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's see what were our other topics today. So Demar's return on Friday, obviously a special game for San Antonio. Um, a big win. Mm-hmm. Um, Demar had a great game, so it, we really got the best of both worlds in that game because we got to see Demar go off, and the Spurs got the win. Um, yep. So I was able to watch the highlights of that one. wasn't able to watch it in real time. I was out at work, um, but still, the effort that Dejounte had in that game and and Keldon, mm-hmm. when you watched it, you knew they were like it, it was like little brother versus big brother first yep. time getting to go at it and and they got the win what were your thoughts on this one man big win happy with everybody's performance um the bench played well Lonnie and Devin each had 11 primo had a solid five points in 13 minutes always happy to see him get some playing time like you said Dejounte Murray continues to prove why he's you know a deservingly a deserving all-star a bad mm-hmm. bad way of phrasing it he is playing at an all-star level even if he doesn't get the all-star nod he is an all-star in our eyes with 29 points 12 assists nine boards i mean those are just crazy stats keldon played out of his mind Jakob purtle played out of his mind especially going up against a former all-star center and nikola vucevic and it's like a former two-time teammate for Jakob yeah. too mm-hmm. yeah he had him in toronto he, forget, he was with him in toronto so yeah i was happy with how we played um i will say this though if chicago has lonzo and, and caruso probably a different story because they're going to slow true. down Dejounte a little bit more and Derek's not going to have nine assists probably um I hate to say that but it's probably it's probably no, true if you want to make it real simple those two combined are scoring more than nine points yeah that's true that's <laughs> but what you were saying is is absolutely true too because those guys are defensive dogs um and man Kobe White They've really turned him into just a straight sniper, dude. Yeah, Remember dude. when he was a point guard and now he's just they're just like, dude, go out on the perimeter and let it fly. He's hitting them. <laughs> he's he's mm-hmm. hitting them all right. Oh my gosh. Another thing too with DeJounte in this game, not only was it, you know, him going up against his big bro, but also going up against his Seattle native, yeah. Zach Levine. Um Zach Levine, also an unrestricted free agent this summer. Obviously, I think the Bulls are definitely going to want to keep him. And the Spurs don't really need any more guards, but I don't know. Maybe Derek White for Zach Levine? What? Straight up, yeah. Who said that? (laughs) Actually, that wouldn't work because – Well, I guess you could do it at the deadline if you really wanted to, but they're not going to do that. They're going to roll roll out the whole year. But I'm sure Chicago will probably offer Levine the bag. Yeah. Um, But just another reason – why DeJounte, whenever it's these type of games, he always steps up. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, we love his performance. Almost another triple-double, basically with nine. Uh, had three steals as well. Um, I love the energy from Keldon, too, on defense yeah. when he was playing DeMar. You know, clapping it up. But it was like, it was the most wholesome, like, competition yeah. that I think I've, I've seen all year, like, watching a game. So it was just it was just a really fun game to watch. Even Doug, you know, didn't do too much, but was able to contribute, hit some threes. Uh, Lonnie and Devin played a pretty efficient game. Same with Primo as well. Um, so just an all around solid performance. Um, and Dejounte getting almost forty minutes. Keldon's been playing forty minutes like consistently. He played forty minutes in this game, and he played forty minutes in the game on Monday. So that's another little interesting tidbit kind of going on with the roster right now. They're they're really gassing out the Olympian, I guess you could say. <laughs> he can take it. He's he got can energy t- for days. <laughs> but any any kind of final thoughts on this Chicago game? It was a good win. A good yeah. team win. High energy. Loved what I saw. All right. Well, once again, once again, guys, we're sitting here and Zach Collins has been recalled to the San Antonio Spurs. He is out on Tuesday. Uh, oh. So, yeah, and it's, but it's return to competition, reconditioning, mm. according to Paul Garcia. So, this is what we had before. So, ideally, this is the last time. Let's, let's hope he passes the test or whatever they want to call it, because last time this happened, they sent him back down. So, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But, what, are, do you think that there's a good chance that he plays after this Tuesday game? 
Or do you? Is this just speculation at this point, and we should just stop? <laughs> I honestly have no idea. That's how I feel. Like. I hope so. I hope so, Jude. That's all I can say. Yeah. I really hope so. So Tuesday is against the Warriors. So at at that point, it really doesn't matter. So the earliest he could come back is that Thursday game against Miami. But they do play a back to back against Houston. So I have a feeling regardless, he's not going to play in one of those games. Even if he comes, like say he comes back on Thursday, they're just not going to play him in the back-to-back because of just that's yeah. how Spurs always treat dudes in injuries. Um, so that's just something to keep an eye on watching the games this Houston. week. Yeah, that's that's probably what's going to happen. I would agree with that too. Get his um, <laughs> Not Miami. Miami has been playing really well too. Yeah. Um, that's, you hate to throw him in against Bam out of bio immediately. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> even Christian Woods. Like you, a- you can't throw Jock in. You're going to give him flashbacks from the oh. Olympics. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just once again, I feel like we've talked about this so many times, but where do you think you could see him fitting in in the lineup when he does come back? I like him at the four, at the starting four, and moving um, McBuckets to the bench, to the bench three, um, and then – or maybe the bench four. I'd rather him play at the bench three. But uh, honestly, he'll, he'll probably come off the bench for a little while because that's just how the Spurs are. Anything we want, Jude, yeah. they won't do it. So so they uh, it, it'll be a while. But I, I see him coming off the bench probably as a backup center, honestly. That's what I think too. Um, initially, until he gets kind of his momentum going or Pop decides we got to change things up because we're just getting beaten up too often inter- on the interior. Yeah, he's going to have to get his chemistry, and I think that they're just going to kind of stick with the continuity of the system that they've been playing in. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he splits minutes with Eubanks. Or if yeah, they, me d- depending on the game, they, it may be him and Jock, kind of like what they did with that earlier. I think eventually he's going to take over those minutes, but just with the way that they kind of did that at the beginning of the year and set that precedent, it makes me feel like that's what they're going to do with Zach, especially also, like I just mentioned, the way that they treat these injuries. I'd be surprised if he gets 20 minutes until like two weeks from now, honestly. Maybe maybe that's a little bit too much, but like at least like it's going to be probably like yeah. four, four or so games before they really start giving him minutes, um, especially with the way that he got sent down to Austin after he was out when he was called up due to reconditioning literally so yeah it'll be interesting to see how that plays out but i agree with you i think they're probably just gonna stick him in it's just gonna be the same lineups except they'll stick him in as the backup center which hey once again we talked about that physicality and those blocks and that's something that he's going to be able to really bring with his Mm -hmm. length um as well as his stretch five ability it's it's just going to be really exciting to see him fit in with this team because we've seen how you know, three-point shooting has helped. And it's crazy because it feels like you can still get better. And he's one of the main reasons, or yeah, one of the main reasons that the Spurs could get better at three-point shooting um, with him inserted into the lineup. So fingers crossed again. (laughs) It's been three straight episodes where we've been thinking he's going to be back and he hasn't. So once again was recalled. We'll we'll hope it works this time because he could really make a difference on this squad. He's Um, literally just... Like if you combine the good things from Eubanks and the good things from Jacques, yeah, I, then you got him. <laughs> exactly. That's the best way to describe it. Um, and looking at just the standings here in the NBA as well, let's check in on the Spurs because I haven't even looked. Okay, so about, let's see, can I count? Two and a half games back from the play-in. Um, it's going to be tough to do. Just because, well, actually, no, Damian Lillard's out for the year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I'm not going to guarantee anything, Ethan, but I think that Zach Collins could be a difference from an 11 and 10 seed. It'll be tough. We have to go on a win streak. Very tough, very tough, but um, only three and a half games. Mm-hmm. And honestly, at this point, I think the Spurs might be a deeper team than the Blazers. But what do you think? I forgot about something. Well, first of all, I agree with that statement that they are a deeper team than Portland at this point um, because we have DeJounte Murray and they don't have Damian Lillard pretty much. Yeah. Sum it up. Yeah. And now that I think about it, we have all-star break coming up soon. Yep. So Zach Collins and everybody's going to get another big break. 
So after point. All-Star break, we'll probably come out swinging, and that's when we'll give full minutes to Zach Collins and, and really see what the lineup is going to be moving forward probably. Yeah, so here's an interesting – well, first of all, not to just completely ignore that. That's a great point because I totally forgot about that, and that's going to be good for these little injuries mm-hmm. uh, that DeJounte, Jakob, and Derek apparently has like a bunch of little things going on. So if they can – you know, that, that week is really going to help just, it's, it's all good for the Spurs in regards to Zach Collins Mm. and their big three, if you will. But Ricardo Martinez in the chat, we appreciate you being here, my guy. Do you guys think that Collins can one day take Jakob's spot? A lot of peeps forget how good he was in Portland. What do you think about that, Ethan? I think it's too soon to say we haven't seen him play in so long. The NBA is really a completely different place now than it was back when he was, you know, playing pretty well. And I know he was playing great in Portland, but I don't want to overstate how good he was. He was not, he was not an all-star. He wasn't even close to being an all-star. Maybe he was good, and I'm hoping great things from him. Um, but I, I don't want to I don't want to say that yet because Yaka's been playing really terrific basketball, especially as of late. Definitely a top ten center in the NBA. Arguably, I don't I don't want to say top five, top seven, maybe top seven. Uh, I, don't, I have to count them off of my hands. So it's it's hard to say. Um, it's hard to say. Probably not. Yeah. I'd say I'd say probably not too, just because of Jakob's like defensive ability. And I know that that's not maybe the most descriptive thing. And I'm trying to think of like ways to describe it because it's really hard to describe because yeah. the stuff that Jakob does doesn't really show up on the stat sheet. It's kind of just like his anchoring in the paint. That's the best way that I can describe it on defense. And while Zach is definitely more physical and we've talked about how you know, we're excited for his blocks. I think he's going to bring a lot of energy plays on defense. Mm-hmm. And honestly, he might make more like big plays, if you will, on defense than Jakob does. But that doesn't take everything into account. And with that being said, we've seen Jakob stuffing some dudes lately. Mm-hmm. So Blockob and and uh, well, there's not a nickname. You can't really throw block into Zach Collins. But you got Blockob <laughs> and, and and Mean Mug Zach. There we go. Yes. Um, <laughs> in the paint. So getting to Ricardo's question, I think that possibly, but that's going to depend on when you say like one day, right? That's the key word here. If for some reason the Spurs move on from Jakob Pertl, uh, in the coming years, then I think, yes, Zach Collins would be the guy to take that position. I think they signed him for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. and he's getting paid kind of around where Jakob's getting paid a little bit less. Obviously there's just a lot less guaranteed, but if he does turn out, uh, to come back hundred percent, be the player that they expected him to be, um, and fulfill that money, then that's, they, it seems like, you know, if you look at the contract wise, they kind of expect him to be that type of big, um, for them. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting. And if he doesn't come back, I think, yes, Zach could take that spot. Um, but like you said, it's too soon to tell. I can't guarantee that I'd have to sit with Jakob, uh, roll with Jakob as of right now, um, mm-hmm. just because of all that he's done, how consistent he's been. And recently he's had a couple games with like 20 and 10. So yeah. the fact that his offensive ability is getting up more and his on-court chemistry with all the guys, uh, I definitely would say Jakob's probably going to be the starter moving mm-hmm. forward um, unless something else happens. I do want to say this, though. Um, I don't think – first of all, yes, I don't think Zach Collins will take the starting spot from Jakob Pertl, but I also don't think Jakob Pertl is the center of the future. Yeah. Um, so somebody will take the spot from of Jakob Pertl, uh, but I don't think it's Zach Collins. It'll be whoever we draft this year or next year or, God forbid, the year after if we wait that long to go draft a center, Jude. But I, I don't think Jakob is going to be the guy starting at the center spot when we win a championship. Hopefully he's on the team because I think he yes. he's a great center and he provides a lot of things for us, but I don't think he's like our, our cornerstone. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think he is either, um, but he's definitely a super valuable player in the mm-hmm. league. And Yo- uh, Yoga talks about that right here, saying that Jakob's not an injury-prone prone player. Ideally, we're going to hope that Zach Collins – you know, just had two injuries back to back. We've seen that happen with some people like Clay, right? We know Clay's not injury prone just because he had those two things and he's come back miraculously and has hit that three the other night. Um, so we're going to hope that that works out. But obviously, 
We still understand the concern. We've talked about that a bunch on the show, especially with it being a lower body injury. I can't can't count on both hands how many times I've said that. Um, but yes, Jakob's play style is definitely priceless because think about it. DeAndre Ayton out right now. There's there's a lot of bigs um, that have got hurt. We've seen Yusuf Nurkic have some bad injuries. Um, that's another former Portland Trailblazer. So that's going to be very interesting. Um, to see how it happens, but good point by yoga there and kind of just on this conversation. Uh, here's a really good question by Eric Pacina. Do we pay Jakob? Obviously this is a couple years out. We're not going to have to worry about this until next year. Um, and I think a lot of it's kind of going to determine on how next season goes. So it's kind of hard to answer that question as of right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would pay him like a big bag. Yeah. Ask me next year. Yeah, I think that's the best way to say it. I think if we were going to pay him, it would kind of be like Doug McDermott's contract. That's what I'd give him, which is kind of crazy because Jakob gives so much more than Doug McDermott. So this is actually a really interesting question because there's probably going to be a team out there that throws him a big contract. Like think about Jared mm-hmm. Allen. Yeah. Yeah, Jared Allen's way better. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> I think personally, yeah. but he'll yeah, somebody will give him a big bag, but he does like San Antonio, so. I don't know. Going back to Zach Collins, Boudet just said, hope Zach can contribute like Bobby Portis in Milwaukee. I actually really like that comparison. I feel like that's a pretty realistic just for year one with the way that he's probably going to play with just some spot minutes here and there. Um, If he can come in, just give some energy, be physical in the paint and hit some threes. That's a really good comparison. So what do you think of that? (laughs) I'd be fine with that. We could use a Bobby Portis right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think he was one of the guys we were hoping to maybe sign in the offseason this past year because of how well he played in Milwaukee, how important he was. Going back to Jakob, uh, Yoga says 13 to 15 million a year with a player option. I think that is definitely realistic um, for Jakob, but I know we don't want over 20 mil, but I have a feeling that somebody's going to offer him a lot of money just because his defensive ability is really, really solid. Yeah, well, let's see how he plays next year because That's his defensive ability was all has always been really solid, but it's as of late where his offense is kind of catching up with it. Mm-hmm. So if he if he keeps doing it next year and he continues to be one of our best, not only scorers but facilitators, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. out of the post, then then yes, most certainly somebody will give him a contract. And hey. I just got to give a shout out to Mosquito Rock here. He always interacts. He disagrees. He says Jakob is the future. I hope so, man. Hey, yeah. look, he's been playing really well these past couple of games. If he does that consistently, if he's given us 20 and 10 every night and being, you know, the defensive anchor, maybe. I don't know. We're going to have to see how these guys uh, develop. But still, I'm with Easy here. Jakob is not uh, a $20 million player. Yeah. But we know how free agency works. And depending on the market and the center market, he might get it because we've seen that so many times who, and speaking of that, you know, we were kind of talking about like fun topics we could do on the show. And this isn't necessarily like the Spurs, but what's a player that you can remember who got a big bag and then completely didn't work out. Chandler Parsons. There you go. There you go. Right. There's so many, which year was it? I want to say it was 2016 or something like that. Like Alan Crabb got like 15 million a year. I think in Portland, he got like a $50 million deal. There was like all those role players that just got heck of uh, a heck of a bag because of um, just the market that year. There yeah. weren't very many big names. So everybody was just like competing yeah. because they could demand that type of money. So Davis Bertans, Boudet, right. you said, yeah, yep, there's that's one. An- Jonathan Simmons, if you want to go there. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, think about it. Jonathan Simmons making eight, nine million dollars a year really didn't do too much in uh it's a magic ben simmons yeah that's a good yep. one um but well i don't actually boban contributed everywhere he went so yeah you know who Jakob kind of reminds me of what i'm scared of about what? giving him a big deal is he gets so many of his points because Dejounte murray is so good so it kind of reminds me of like like steven adams yeah that's a really good comparison yeah, because for a while there, everyone was like, Steven Adams is like all-star, love, like borderline all-star center. He gets That was so him many with points. Russ. With Russ, because Russ was so good at at drawing too and just dropping it off to Steven. And Steven Adams is a good defender even still. And he was always a pretty good uh, defender and all that stuff. So 
That's what scares me. I don't want to give him that much money and then have him just be Stephen Adams 2.0, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing is, though, like. And I like Stephen Adams, but I don't want to pay him that much. Yeah, because Stephen. The thing is, though, Stephen Adams is doing a really good job with the Grizzlies right now. I can't lie. But they also have yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. to play next to him is the thing. Which yes. Is, yeah. And and John Morant. And when you would never <laughs> you would never say Steven Adams is the future. <laughs> yeah. That, no, no, that's very true. That's very true. Um All right. Well, some of the other fun topics that we had in this episode is if we could choose one role player to bring out of the Ben Simmons. <laughs> Everybody's in the in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to see what happens with Ben Simmons because right now he really has got a bag and hasn't done much. But hey, we'll, we'll have to see him easy. Maybe, maybe time will tell if you're right. Um, and yeah, I wish Walk- Jakob was as strong yeah, that'd be nice. as, as Stephen <laughs> Adams too, Eric. Definitely. But anyways, getting back on topic here. So who is a role player, Ethan, from around the league that you would bring on? If you could just choose, we had a magic wand, maybe take somebody off the roster and give some other player in the league their minutes on the Spurs. Who's somebody you think would fit really well that you'd really like to bring? If I could pick anybody, I would go with Lou Dort from Oklahoma City. Uh, I think he fits next to pretty much any player because he's a 3 and D guy. He's very physical. Um, he can play basically two through sometimes four i wouldn't play him at four personally but two or three kind of fills that need of a three and d guy you can plug him in anywhere next to any other uh, player on our team and, and he would really you know he, he's, he would basically be the the doug mcdermott role but a defensive like juggernaut doug mcdermott if that makes yeah. sense yeah i know that's it's kind of funny like when you think of that comparison because it's like you know doug mcdermott not defensive juggernaut, but that would probably be how they use him on offense because he yeah. can hit threes. Um, obviously, it's probably he actually. Well, I was about to say he might have more driving ability than Doug, but then I'm remembering this whole year I've been <laughs> impressed by Doug's cutting ability and his ability to get buckets inside too. So that's a really good comparison, actually. The more I think about it, um, and so Lou Dort, I would love. I think he'd probably take Lonnie minutes. Uh, if I have to think about it, if I had to choose somebody right now. So if you could replace Lou Dort with Lonnie, I think that that would just add to kind of the defensive mentality, uh, the youth movement. Um, That's somebody who I think would definitely fit with the Spurs. I want to say that he's from Germany too. So I know he went to Arizona State, but I think that he's from from Germany, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to look that up because if he is, that's just another thing with the Spurs. Um, okay, no, 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 no. He's from Montreal, Quebec, so he's from Canada. I oh. wonder if he grew up playing with Josh Primo in the Canadian AAU hmm. circuit or something. Um, but we also got some other ones here in the comments. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, Yoga says, that's somebody that I would really like. I think he would fit in well. This was somebody I also thought about. The only problem mm-hmm. is his contract, but Mikhail Bridges, yeah. that's somebody who definitely would fit well. And I love what Easy just said here because I was talking to you about how my role player that I'm going to talk about here in a second, uh, I found out and got the idea off signing him in 2K. And this is somebody else that I signed in 2K, which is Jalen McDaniels. He was somebody I kind of liked out of San Diego State at the time. Um, but... Obviously, we got Trey Jones. You can't really complain about that, especially with the Suns game. But Jalen McDaniels definitely has been doing a solid job over there in Charlotte. He's 6'10", so he's somebody that you can really run at the 3 through 5 because he's got that ability to play on the outside, hit some pull-up jumpers, or just kind of have to stretch roll, catch and shoot. Um, he's a really dynamic player, and it's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see like what a Jalen McDaniels looks like um, in a couple years. Uh, for sure, because I think that's somebody who could develop into a really, really solid and mm. versatile player. Um, but somebody else who is a versatile and solid player is Kyle Anderson. And he's actually an unrestricted free agent uh, this summer. So it's going to be really interesting to see if that actually could become a possibility. We we're kind of talking about the big depth. It's going to be tough, but bringing Kyle back um is something that we could do if we wanted to maybe just play like we talked about playing jock at the four or zach at the five or you know depending on any movement that happens it'd be you know you'd have to see but obviously kyle would fit in because he was like bryn he'd be like a better version of bryn forbes i feel like (laughs) like when i say like different than bryn forbes obviously but like in terms of bringing him back 
like bringing back a former Spur, I feel like he's somebody who would fit in and contribute a little bit better. Um, but yeah, Emmy's actually been his brother on the Timberwolves. So there's another one too. And I think that is still, uh, so Jaden McDaniels, right? Jaden and Jaden. Oh. And they're kind of like the same player too. Yeah, they're so very similar. I, I might've actually, I'm not sure which one I signed now that I think about it. <laughs> so a Jay McDaniels. Hey, any of the McDaniels brothers, cause, cause they, they're both getting minutes right now. Um, but going back to Kyle Anderson, we know Slomo's ball movement. He can pass. He's really turned into a stretch four out there with the Grizzlies. Um, he's somebody who could play the three. He's basically just like kind of a better version of KBD. Obviously, KBD has been playing so well, but um, just with, I think, Kyle Anderson's passing ability, that puts him mm-hmm. just a little bit of a step above uh, KBD in that regard. Um, but yeah, he'd be somebody that that I'd like to bring back if possible. Solid, solid. Bobo 2.0. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Really? That's a great way. Like, But like skinnier. Yeah. More in shape, Bobo. <laughs> but hey, it doesn't matter. Bobo is still killing the Heatles. I love Boris Dio. I just want to have breakfast with him. I want him to cook for me. I want him mm. to... F- I need some French cuisine from, oh. from that man. <laughs> Pause. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too descriptive with and, what you want from Boris Dio. And Easy <laughs> says pressures on the Raptors as well. Mm. Um, okay, but we also had another fun one that we wanted to do, and that's your favorite bench mob player of all time. So somebody, <laughs> shout out Boudet and Yoga. <laughs> um, but like when we say this, we don't mean like somebody who's contributed. We just mean somebody who has rode the bench for the Spurs. So like, you know, um, an example, cause I don't think any of us picked him, but you were saying, mentioned like a Quincy Pondexter type of player. So who is your favorite bench mob spur of all time, Ethan? Oh man. You know, it's funny. I didn't even think about one. We talked about this. Yeah. We talked about it for a while is the funny thing. Um, Ooh, if you have one, you go ahead. Okay. So, it's it's not even necessarily like my favorite bench mob player of all time, but it's just it's just a, such a funny situation. I have to roll with Lucas Samanich oh, just yeah. because we thought that he was going to be, you know, so much. And like, I think that he's been still playing really well in the G League for the Knicks, but like what else he, is hasn't, new? he hasn't done anything in the league. <laughs> so he's oh. just the same thing over there. Like all well wishes to the kid. And hey, regardless, he's a kid from Croatia coming playing like G League and making really good money so at the like at the end of the day lucas samanich is winning playing professional basketball uh making lots of dollars um but as we can see here from craig jackson matt bonner mm. see the thing about matt bonner though is he played we're talking about dudes who didn't yeah. play <laughs> but obviously the red rocket is a goat um david lee and the deadman connection that's a good mm. one there yoga we we mentioned david lee a little bit earlier um and somebody else, this is just going back to last question since on we're on David Lee, like a warrior to spur. Another role player you said you'd like to see is Gary Payton. How do you feel yeah. like he'd fit? Uh, or Gary Payton II. Uh, yeah. How do you feel like he'd fit? There you go. Tracy McGrady million. That's what we're looking for. Aaron Baines. Yes. Uh, T-Mac might be mine. <laughs> that uh, young is a good one. <laughs> yeah. He does look so bored on the bench. He doesn't even react to dunks anymore. He's like, I'm so glad he got laughs in that interview with Trey Jones. Yeah. I was like, I'm glad we did something to make him happy. Uh, The Gary Payton thing, I think he fits perfectly next to a Trey Jones and a Devin Vassell off the bench and taking Lonnie minutes once again, unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) Similarly to Lou Dort, he's a guy that can, he's super athletic, more athletic than Lou Gwentz Dort is. um, So he can get up, catch lobs from Trey Jones, who's an unbelievable passer in transition. Uh, but he's also just a, a dog on defense, man. And you could slide him in, honestly. And if you wanted to put Derek off the bench, you could slide him next to DJ and not lose anything. That'd be a deadly backcourt as far as Might defense. Might open is up concerned. the offense a little bit. Uh, yeah, in the starting lineup as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. But, but my my uh, bench guy, I think I got to go with T Mac from <laughs> Million. I just love that he was on the team and yeah. he was a rebound away from winning his only championship 
and then Ray Allen hit the clutchest shot in history, and T Mac retires without missed, winning yeah. a championship. And he, he honestly, I don't know why he didn't just stay one more year. Like just, just, just write it out. We'll pay you five bucks to sit there, and you, <laughs> you, you get, you get a championship, and you're T Mac, the championship guy now, not the T Mac, one of the many that didn't win a championship but averaged thirty two points a game. Um, so disappointing, but yeah, he, I love Tracy McGrady. He has to be mine. Well, Yoga does disagree a little bit with Gary Payton, um, but he does agree that he likes his defense a lot. So, you know, it would be interesting to see him play with other players because definitely Steph Curry does attract a lot of attention. Obviously, DeJounte is working on his way to attract a lot of attention as well and is doing that. Um, We've been seeing a lot of players around the league giving uh, props to him. Um, But that is a good point there just because... You know, Steph, like when you play with Steph, he can make a lot of people look good. But, That's true. you know, Gary Payton has developed a lot um, in the G League over the past couple of years. So that is kind of another interesting Spurs connection on top of the fact that it seems like Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich just trade players all yep. the time. Like be Quin- Bruce Bowen. Quindary is on their team, right? Isn't he yeah. on a two-way? Yeah, he is. Quindary <laughs> exactly. exactly. This is what we're talking about. Um, Nando DiColo is another good one. Obviously, Kojo. Um, shout out to him. Is he still making money with Sacramento? Yeah, I don't think he's with Sac. He's with okay. uh, Detroit. Oh, nice. I'm pretty sure. Him and him and uh, and Trey Lyles are over there killing it. Oh my god. So it's either Detroit or Golden State. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, bringing George Hill back to do. I what? know he's old, but <laughs> hey, look, look. Hey, well, actually, having him as a third string guy, be, I don't know. Just do to, what? Just might as well sign me. <laughs> to just to make the uh i'm just joking i I like george hill but no but just to make the Kawhi trade full circle yeah (laughs) ended up with george hill again not not the claw andre miller yeah that's a good one kevin martin too kevin martin was actually somebody who was supposed to be like like that and yeah it just wasn't it just wasn't it did not work out with the spurs is the end of his career unfortunately that's funny man austin day is a good one too but I think. I think I'm running out of, of these names. type of players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm running out of names too. Dang. Uh, Brandon Paul. Nobody Brand- mentioned Brandon okay, Paul. Okay, no, 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 no. That was who I knew I was forgetting somebody else. BP3, the legend. <laughs> that was his at. And I was like, oh, this guy. I was like, we're going to make this guy a stud. That was like just the way he looks. I was like, if he can just be 3 and D, he's going to be solid. But Mediocre Richard Jefferson. Jefferson. Oh. Hey, RJ was solid. <laughs> oh Lord. And he went and now he like, oh, he's he's had so many pop moments in his media stuff too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Glenn picked Dog Robinson. <laughs> I forgot we had Glenn Robinson. Me too. That's funny. He's but great. I guess just to kind of wrap up this episode and put a little bow on it, um, let's go ahead and look at this week moving forward. We already talked about it a little bit. Um but here we go. If the ESPN app would have worked for me. Ooh. So there's, yeah, I think there's a lot actually going on with Aaron Baines. I totally missed that. Somebody mentioned that in the comments earlier. Definitely peace and love to him. Yeah. So there's a fall. Oh, wow. Holy crap. I didn't even see this. Did you see this, Ethan? No. He had a freak injury that left him unable to walk and alone inside a Japanese hotel. Wow. What? Yeah, we're going to have to get into this more. Maybe we'll ask, but yeah, the basically point is shout out to Million and peace and love to Aaron Baines. That I think is the mm. best way to describe it cuz I don't want to talk about all that like not informed before yeah, I've read the yeah, article. Smart. Um but so once again, to wrap up this episode, got three 7.30 games. They're all at the same time, if y'all want to know that. Um, so there's some 6 o'clock games next week. So this will be a little bit easier if you're getting off work and uh, doing that 9-5 to five life. You should have enough time to get back and watch the Spurs game, relax a little bit. And they're all at home, too. So nice little home stand here in San Antonio. Uh, this is a tough stretch, but I feel like the games get easier with every game <laughs> the, the, the first two are not really easy at all um and i think the rockets actually beat us earlier so that's not a guaranteed win either yeah. but you got golden state 
that's arguably going to be tougher than this Phoenix game. But hey, you just put up a really good fight against that Phoenix team. Um, but also Golden State with Clay and Steph. I, that's just going to be a tough one. I, I really don't see us winning that one. But if mm-hmm. they pull it out, obviously, prove me wrong. I would love it. Um, and then you got Miami on Thursday, which you know won't be as tough, but still a problem. They're really hot right now as well. Um, and then you got Houston on a back-to-back on Friday, which will, you know, if you lose those first two, ideally you can lock up that one at least this week. But I think if the Spurs can go two and one this this week and steal that Miami game as well, um, or even if they beat Golden State and lose to Miami, that's still a successful mm-hmm. week. I think two and one would be a, a solid solid week for these guys but what are kind of your thoughts on these three games yeah two and one would be great let's shoot for two and one let's go <laughs> two and one monty williams was sweating last game <laughs> yeah was, he really was and it's funny you mentioned that too because i forgot uh to mention that also after the game i mentioned lonnie's comments um undefeated going to the all-star break that would be awesome we want that but this is gonna be tough um but anyways going back to that game Mikhail Bridges also had comments about the game yesterday and he said look it doesn't it feels like whenever you play the Spurs like in his young NBA career what he's taken away is that regardless they're going to be ready to play doesn't matter who's on the court doesn't matter what's happening you know he obviously complimented pop um and I believe Mikhail was on team USA right I have no idea to be honest I, with you. I think he was but I could be wrong there um but regardless, just to hear from like a legit NBA player, give respect to guys like Devin Vassell, Trey Jones, even Eubanks starting. Um, that was just another good thing to hear, uh, especially when you hear it from the opposing team's perspective. Uh, and he wasn't. Thank you, Boudet. I appreciate that. Uh, I don't know why I did, but or, or why I thought that. But another good question, I think, to end it out is chances DJ is a reserve in the All-Star game. Once again, I think this all comes down to who ends up being the coach. Um, but as it, yoga says here, it's Monty it, Williams. It is Monty Williams. Okay. Thank yeah, you. But the that. assistant coaches pick, I think. Okay. Like so all 30 assistant coaches in the NBA get to pick. Pretty okay. I'm pretty sure that's the case. That sounds like probably the most fair and reasonable way to do it. So that seems like it's probably right. Uh, but DJ is getting more and more recognition. He got the shout out from Ernie Johnson and Bobby Marks, you know, who we know is one of the most prevalent ESPN, uh, Usually he does a lot of free agency and like cap stuff, but also he's just a prominent basketball personality that is in the know of things. And he had his basketball reserves. It's just his opinion. Um, And he said that DJ would be who he would put in if they didn't put in Draymond. And the only reason he put in Draymond was because he just felt like the Warriors were having such a good season this year that Steph, Clay, and Draymond all deserve to be in it. Um, We can argue that a little bit, but I can see where he's coming from to an extent. Um, But still, point is, DJ has been getting a lot more recognition, and it feels like it's not guaranteed, but it feels like as time progresses, as we get closer and closer to the All-Star game, it feels like his chances have gotten higher and higher. And I want to say also, I'm glad we mentioned this because shout out to Drew King. He's been in the chat here before, a fellow Spurs fan um, and also my boss. Um, He was telling me, here it is, this is actually big. DeJounte is the fifth guard among Vidia vote and sixth among players. So it's not impossible. That was his exact words, but that is where DeJounte is at right now. So he's moving up in the fan voting uh, or the player voting. Actually, it's not fan voting at all, but the media voting and the players voting, which also have a say. And like we mentioned, the assistant coaches, will. there's going to be some consistent coaches out there who definitely pick him. So it seems like, once again, his chances are just growing and growing. And remove the positions and DJs in. That's that's a good point, Boudet. I'm going to go with a, because I don't like to say zero, I'm going to say 1% chance that he makes it. Um, <laughs> it I hope I typical. am wrong, but I, I'm, I'm almost positive that he will not be on the all-star team. Yeah. You know, that's that's really a nuanced take there. And it's funny you say that because the title of this episode is The Return of You Goat. And one of the things that Drew Eubanks just said in one of his most recent press conferences was, you know, the guys don't really worry about the media attention. They understand what it's like in San Antonio. He even made a point. He was like, I don't know why the Memphis game got took off. ESPN like that was literally a great game it was 118 110 you get to see one of the you get to see two of the best guards in the league go at it like DeJounte and Ja Mm -hmm. but of course both small markets so it gets taken off but 
you know, they know. They don't take it personally. It just fuels them, it seems like. Um, how many, and how many do we got to believe. How many reserved is it? I don't know. We I'm should know see, these things. I'm going to see how the many YouTube I can name. YouTube show about the NBA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> but I'll, I'll Google it. <laughs> Educate ourselves. Right. Yeah, people will let us know how stupid we are in the comments. It's okay. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> now my... I don't know. I have connection with you, and I'm live, but... Yeah, my, my Google search isn't loading. Isn't so. it seven? It is eight. Eight. All right. Let me see. Let me see how many I can name off the top of my head. <laughs> well, no, I meant like it's eight o'clock. Oh no! I'm, uh, how many else? <laughs> how many reserves? <laughs> yeah, and no, Jaw would win that one for sure. Yoga. Um, and look, we we do believe we we believe in it. we believe that Dejounte is an all star level player. Like he should be, but it's just whether or not it happens. But I understand we got to put the energy out there, so we're gonna hope. It's we're gonna two, hope that he deserves it and gets it. But two guards, Boudet. three front court, and two wild cards. So CP3 and Devin Booker are in. Mm-hmm. Do you put? Okay, let me think. Bude confirms seven as well. Keep, you can keep saying what you were saying. I'm just. Gonna, I'm, I'm just trying to think. Honestly, I finished my thought. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm trying. Clay, uh, Clay will probably make it. Yeah. Donovan he's, Mitchell, is he hurt or is he in? He's probably going to be in. I don't think he's hurt. I would, I would, I would say that. Uh, oh, Luka Doncic is he? An all, is he a starter? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Is he? Is Luka Doncic is a starter. See how bad I am? Because is it See, Steph or it's? I know Jaws. I don't starter. even know. Is I haven't Steph even looked. A starter or is? Yeah. Whatever. Either way, he's not making it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. CP3, Book, Mitchell, Gobert, Luca, those are locks. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I would even say that, unfortunately, what's his name probably has a better chance um, from Memphis. Yeah, Jaw. No, Jaw's well, already Jaw. in. I'm talking yeah. about uh, JJJ. Yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, I don't know somebody mentioned him earlier. That'd be another person that I'd love to have in San Antonio. But yeah, so Jaw and Steph are the starters. Yeah, so Luca, CP3, Devin Booker, and yeah. I wish they didn't do it by position because it's like you could play Luca in the All Star game. You can play Luca at like the three. You could play him at the four if you really wanted to. He's six seven. Like, yeah. And it's not like it matters. It's just a pickup game. Yeah. Whatever. So, Maybe next year. Oh, <laughs> and did y'all see about the Wiggins fan boat? This is actually a yeah. really fun topic. I mean, it's it's kind of disappointing, but it's also like really funny for those of y'all who don't know. Like, I'm not really into K-pop, but it's a huge thing. Like on the internet and just like globally and BTS, which is like one of the bigger bands in it. I think, yeah. I think they're like the biggest. Um, they are like tr- one of their people who has 8 million followers, like tweeted saying that Andrew Wiggins <laughs> deserves to be in the all-star game. And he's like, have you seen this? Did you see? No, I didn't know that. No. Yeah. He tweeted. He was like, and it was like NBA all-star Andrew Wiggins. And so they have their, you know, their mass amount of fans. Right. Yeah. And they're all just going all in on it now. That's awesome. Honestly, good for him. Good <laughs> That's for Andrew. Such, so meme of the year for sure. <laughs> and it's That's just so funny great. how the internet can literally like, do something like that. That's so wholesome. <laughs> it is makes me happy it is wholesome but it's also like i mean i don't know andrew Wiggins has been playing well but i hope that he doesn't like he's gonna get in over somebody who doesn't oh he's a starter dude oh that's right he's a starter because of the fan vote oh lord that's crazy (laughs) insane what what a world we live in so i mean he's having a great season but no he he is definitely having one of the better seasons of his career for sure he's revived himself in uh in in golden state yeah want to give him credit but it's just like you see that and you're like dang yeah dj he has been solid <laughs> they can vote in anyone exactly Boudet. that's the crazy thing so k-pop taking over the nba good way to we just need to form this. a k-pop band and then get we dj need, in no this is what needs to happen and i didn't mean to interrupt you there but we need to get bts to san antonio this is how we're going to yep. get people into the all-star game <laughs> yep yep <laughs> this is how we're going to get Keldon in <laughs> you gotta DJ draft a Korean K-pop. player right right does he? <laughs> yeah, i think oh. he does is she joking or is he or she <laughs> yes, joking yes. they're probably joking yeah no they yeah. our entire team loves bts they're so they're gonna draft band. a korean player no i don't care I think, how bad he is we're just gonna I think bring him in need to get bts in the heb commercials i'm fine with that I think that's going to get our entire starting at that. Trey Jones is going to be starting, baby. 
Heck yeah. I'm down. <laughs> Move over, Jaw. Move over, Steph. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trey Jones in the house. Perfect. Oh, my Lord. All right, y'all. Well, thank you guys for coming and hanging out with us today. Of course, if you're just joining, you can always catch the recap. Uh, or not the recap, but the reposted version of this is going to be live on YouTube. If for some reason you don't see it in the uploads, obviously, if you're watching right now, you're already seeing it. But it is under past live streams. If you ever don't catch one, for some reason, don't see it in the uploads. If you're on our homepage and you go to past live streams, it's always going to be there. Um, and the other thing is, too, if you're driving somewhere and you can't watch it, you can always listen to our podcast platforms as well. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, a bunch of other places, too. Um, basically, whatever platform you're using, it's going to be on there. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter at Ethan underscore Quintero and myself at Jude McLaren. Uh, if you want to stay up to date with stuff today, you know, didn't have time to post this like in where it does a little preview and says upcoming live stream. But did tweet it out right before we went live. Um, and of course, if you liked this channel, enjoyed your time here, had some fun, don't forget to like and subscribe. Tell your other Spurs fans, friends to like and subscribe. And we appreciate you guys being active in the comments. And thank you, Million. We always love you being in here. And we'll catch y'all in the next one. <laughs>